The F and Rad Snowboard Podcast is presented by Vans. We haven't fucking stopped riding since competition days. None of us. Continuous. Full it's my fucking passion. Oh yeah, I wanted to be absolutely not attractive to snowboarders. Maybe we need an injection of that, because it'd be interesting. And I didn't sign the contract, I probably just had it in my bag for a couple of months. <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's just banging that run. We pushed each other to become better. Front three tailed it. Season 5 of the F and Rad Snowboard Podcast is sponsored by Wired Snowboards, Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C., Anon Optics, Crow's Nest Barbershops, and the Boardroom Snowboard Shop. Support also comes from Mount Seymour, Grouse Mountain, and Cypress Mountain, the three local mountains here in Vancouver who, like everyone else who's not an essential service, are closed to help contain the coronavirus. The Canadian government has closed the border to tourists and advised all Canadians who aren't sick to avoid crowded places and non-essential gatherings, avoid common greetings such as handshakes, limit contact with people at higher risk like older adults and those in poor health, and keep a distance of at least two arms lengths, approximately two meters from each other. I'm taking a break from being a mailman as my station just didn't take any precautions or change anything to attempt to keep the workers and the public safe. And I'm honestly pretty bummed out about that, but I'm prepared to return to work as soon as they sort things out and get some rudimentary safety measures implemented. This week's featured sponsor, the Boardroom Snowboard Shop, is keeping their online store, boardroomshop.com, open in spite of their brick and mortar shops being forced to close for the pandemic here. Here's the lowdown from their website, boardroomshop.com will remain open and continue to service your needs in any way we can we will accommodate any specific shipping needs to the best of our ability so please don't hesitate to contact us at 1-800-316-7669 or email info at boardroomshop.com if you normally prefer to hold your orders at one of our store locations for pickup we will gladly ship it to you free of charge stay safe see you all soon the boardroom. This week I've got multiple guests all in one drunken conversation in Jeff Davis's living room. They surprised me by having kind of a reunion while I was right there. Now the four people who are in the room with me are Jeff Davis, Drew Hicken, Rich Varga, and Noel Walkingshaw. These guys have been riding together for 30 years, like every year without a break. Jeff Davis rode for GNU, then he rode for Burton on that iconic team with Craig and Keith and Mike Jacoby and Brushy. Then he joined Nitro, where he got a pro model board, which was like a beefed up version of the Pyro. If you've heard any of my other episodes this year, we talk about the Pyro a lot. It was ahead of its time, had an asymmetrical side cut, so a deeper heel side side cut. It was a sick board, and Jeff had the pro model version of that. Also, Jeff invented the Crippler. You're going to hear more about that in the show. Jeff, Drew, and Rich were a part of the original Salty 8, which is like the very first snowboard team. It's really, honestly, snowboarding's equivalent to the Zephyr team, if you know that Dogtown reference. My trip to Utah was an eye-opener on just how much history went down around the Great Salt Lake. This interview is unconventional, to say the least. There are a lot of people talking while drinking, after a night of drinking, but listen closely because there are gems of awesomeness embedded throughout this entire episode. All right, let's go around there. 
around, well, Drew, around uh, the room. Jeff told me he had two beers in his refrigerator. Two <laughs> beers. No, they may be. They're, they're probably they're gone by now. Red Major's beers. The are they your beers? They're not my beers. No, I'm not allowed to keep my beers in the fridge. <laughs> oh, where do you keep your beers? <laughs> I drink them. <laughs> no, those are the beers that Jeff bought to make Drew's delicious um, rustic. Was bread. there a beer for you, Drew? No. If we're gonna yeah, do, like if we're gonna do an introduction, you need to make we, sure that we've we're got the original got. salty eight. So are you ready? I mean, right. this could be enough. Yeah. This is gonna be a night. Right. Well, yeah, I'm in. Are you right, okay? Good. Because yeah. we're, we're gonna be drinking. Are you guys ready? No, they're I'm making a drink because this is gonna be. You already had drinks. I know. Would you like to offer your guests something? Glass of water, Coca-Cola. Oh, I'm fine. Beer. Reese's peanut butter cup, <laughs> lifesaver. You got it all. Got any cotton mouth? You need a lifesaver? Oh, I got a lifesaver. My mouth. Like an introduction. Just remember. All right. Original. So where are you, let's let's hear about you, Eric. No, man. So I don't no, know. No. Actually, yeah, actually, I'd like yes. to know. I'd like to know a little about okay. it. As well. Okay, okay sure, sure. Because I'm not a okay. podcast guy or whatever. But Rich was telling me a little bit about what you guys have been doing. Okay, so. so for about five years now. I took a moment to explain how I started the podcast, and then I list off a bunch of past guests. And with that, the trust seemed to be earned. And Jeff, Drew, Noel, and Rich started telling me the story of how snowboarding started in Utah. So here's the thing, when you work in the industry that you love, you don't do what you love. It's hard so to. You, like, when you out of that. When did you work in the boardroom? I what worked in the boardroom 93 to 2007. Yeah, so shift to the boardroom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, shift, that's right. I was so, there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, shit, yeah. So Jeff's got a shift mug, coffee I, mug. I want a shift coffee mug. I, I was trying to listen to snowboard podcasts, you know, four or five years ago. And I don't want to shit on any of the ones that were out there. They were fine, but they were intermittent at best and didn't have the guests I wanted to have. And so I started reaching out to Farmer was the first pro. Uh, Ken Ock did the show first year. Ockenbach. Yeah, Ockenbach. Yeah, right. And awesome. uh, Barfoot, Chuck Barfoot. Right. And I'm uh, like, as I'm getting these rad guys, I'm like, holy shit, I can get, you know, so I got Damian Sanders by the end of that first season. And I stopped in April, I think, and started up again in December the next year. And by the end of that year, I had Jamie Lynn. And I was like, yes, like, as you get more and more people. Yeah, I had Hatsel. That's all I was a team rider with him back in the day. Oh, rad, yeah. On Kemper or? As a Kemper rider. Oh, sick. Like, so you know Martin, too, Martin Galan. He, yeah, I did one original. He's OG. Right now, he's still riding the Kemper. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah, I think, I just saw Kevin Jones. He, he wasn't riding the Kemper thing. I think that might have fallen through. They were going to give him a pro model. But, uh, yeah, so I just, I, as a licensed I, Kemper, was that your, what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. I guess your jib hunt. The yeah, that's right. Jib hunt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, name. is that where it's from? No, I know. He just moved here. Because originally it was Toronto, right? Oh, yeah. And the Kemper brothers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit, so then, I've just been doing it five years now, and this is the fifth season. And this year, I got money from fans, and they didn't tell me to do anything with it. They just said, keep doing what you're doing. So I did a trip to Tahoe, went to Encinitas to try and track down, you know, Todd Richards and Jeff Brushy. Wound up, you know, talking with UC Oxenden, 
There's a bunch of pros and right there. In that. Yeah, so many. Yeah. What's his name from Utah's there too? Bought a place. JP. Yeah, well, JP. JP was there. And Kevin. Well, Seacrest. I mean, I know that Seacrest. This Seacrest. This, this group here. Lucadia. Is, is a Utah first generation, like, really put snowboarding on the map. Right. This fucking group right here. <laughs> yeah. I'll be now, straight right. up. That's it. And 79 Little Cottonwood. That's when I was right. Right? That's, uh, that's where I grew raised. up. Right? I'm born yeah. and raised. So, Snowbird, where you were. Yeah. 79, I grew. I went to Grand Elementary at the mouth of the canyon and started snowboarding in 79. What Little board are you riding? Uh, the Burton with the one binding on the front and that. Yeah. And Brian Thorne, who that I started girl. hanging out with again this week, his dad fabricated the skeg for the original winter stick. Whoa. Right? So, there you go. That's how old we are. <laughs> Nolan and I are our second cousin. Oh, right? sick. Um, so, and, right. and Drew and I have known each other since about seventh grade. Oh, jeez. Um, I've lived in this neighborhood in my 51 years. Uh, I've lived in this neighborhood in about a two-mile square radius. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what's how close we are. Yeah, we, I mean, we probably rode together and we were arguing about it the other night, 80, 81, he's got the board downstairs. No way. Plastic Coleco, right. no bindings. Well, and... Um, on either at the Country Club Golf Course or above uh, Walmart there, both. That's amazing. And I was out in Sandy, not knowing about right. Salt Lake, doing my thing. Right bottom of Little Cotton Canyon, hitchhiking up to fucking Alta, riding Flagstaff, and these guys were there on opposite days, riding. Oh, we crossed paths. We crossed paths with Gramps and those guys in the Valley of the Cornices back when you could call it that. Absolutely. Right. I don't know that anybody's really gone through and and documented properly the. The Utah story. No, and the the because uh, they, they always we were hoping on. that the Transworld movie did right, and then they went from like Brewer to Bjorn and those guys. Yeah, and not dissing him, but yeah. like missed eight years early, early. Right, right. Before yeah. there was any resorts, like there's a so my lot. partner was Dennis at the shop. So that's who and I, Dennis and I, started Salty Peaks. Holy smokes! So yeah. all of that shit, you know, in that area wasn't even in the. What year, what year was uh, uh, Salty Peaks? We started in October of 87. 87. And there was a Salty 8 in 87, which was, here's one, two, three, here's four Half of the Salty, salty eight. 8. Okay, it gets a little jumbled here. So for context, Drew Hicken and Dennis Nazari opened Salty Peaks together in 1987, but had a falling out, which has resulted in a long, drawn-out court battle, among other things. The original Salty 8 team was Drew Hicken and Dennis Nazari, Jeff Davis, Rich Varga, Bill Harris, Justin Jimenez, Gene Higgins, and Stephanie Charrington. Salty Peaks helped launch the careers of some heavy Utah pros, and Salty Peaks is the home of the Utah Snowboard Museum with over a thousand boards on display. So I've talked extensively with Drew and with Dennis outside of this podcast episode, and there's a lot of history there that we could probably go into, but for now, let's just return to the show. First time I went riding Big Cotton Canyon, I remember 
Christmas time getting my Woody, going up Big Holly Canyon, ended up meeting Dennis Azari before you guys, and I think it was that summer of 87. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dennis and I met the year, the year before, it must have been 86, because we were already talking in the spring of 87, it was 85, starting a snowboard shop, and then actually that Jeff guy who had cancer wasn't able to do it, and and I guess there's history. What uh, what brands would you have had in '87? We had no boards to sell when we opened. <laughs> we put our own. So I bought. In there a, I bought to two, make it look like I, if we for had, Christmas. I got two GNU AG 166s. So it was the AG with the the green squiggly. Mm -hmm. Did it have a swallowtail? No, 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 no. It was this black square piece of foam. The first anti-gravity. Chunk of shit. Oh, the anti-gravity. The GNU, yeah, 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 with yeah. the green. We should have all bought Bertinaires, and you sold me on those fucking AGs. Those fucking AGs. I got on that the thing the first time like after like six years of riding. I couldn't even like make it like four turns. I hiked to the top of Wildcat. I couldn't even do like four turns on that fucker. And I well, we, we blew up. I remember we <laughs> were so psyched at that this time. This is on right now. To, yeah. Yeah, to, that's great. Uh, we, we, were, we were sponsored. by the, Like, all of a sudden, Salty Peaks had, had to us, oh to God. me, it felt like we had made it and, like, GNU, like, accepted us. And, like, we were sponsored. The we first, probably the, the first boards we got at the show. It, it, it was. I mean, we it were was the worst year ever. We had no snow. snow -wise. And, and I think it was probably the first probably boards we sold in like January. So for three months, we didn't have anything. was the hottest product on the and market. Possibly the it, avalanche. It was, it was avalanche, black and white uh, the striped one that was like an ironing board with a square tail. Oh, I just I just one saw one at Dave Hatchett's. Yeah, a white one with the pointy. <laughs> yeah, could be one of the worst yeah. boards ever. They call it the ironing board. And yeah. the, and the he Sims, calls it the ironing and board. The, and the Sims sixteen hundred plywood. Yeah, fifteen hundred. And then maybe a few barfoots. With oh, the foam, nice. with the little rubber bumper on the top, and they were yeah, 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 fly yeah. hard rock maple like a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. I so wish those I would are, have bought one of those and put it away. Those are the Chuck ones. Yeah. So in Canada, we had Ken Achenbach was making them in the back of the shop. Mm -hmm. And what was the other guy's name on there? Oh, it was Chuck Barfoot and Ernie DeLost. Oh, Ernie, Ernie DeLost. DeLost. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's, that's an old right. for sure. Yeah. Good call. They're working wow. together again, actually. He wants to do more Barfoot stuff. He just moved back to New Jersey. Chuck's good. Yeah. Now, this okay. is that okay. Drew right there. These two right there are pretty much Salty Peaks at its core. I mean, that's, no, that's, I, that's I, a I'll huge include Dennis. We had a great, the first five years, the shop was amazing. You know, it's a Salty Eight. I mean, it really started with the team. And which built into the core of the shop and the brands that we've carried after that. GNU, Sims, Burton. I mean, that's really Well, as the sport road. took off. Absolutely. But well, you I had mean, to have We were the only ones. Milo didn't really it. have... Those old guys kind of lost the, the uh, connection... With was the younger there, people. Was there a rivalry there? It didn't happen until later, later because they yeah. were just like wind sport, right? Uh, whatever, and then they had winter stick. Yeah, we had a rivalry. And then later. winter stick later. at the wrong later. time basically and the only fell apart. With and they were looked like a 
windsurf shop. Yeah. Right. And we George. were but we were right down the street. And we were starting to get the brand. We were like Rich was just saying, we were getting you know, the connections with Burton, Sims. And we carried Canadian, Sims yeah. from an early day. It was probably within I mean like eighty nine when things kinda of blew up. We had Vision Streetwear, all that, all yeah. the board all the skateboards that I wish that we would have kept a couple, all the Tony Hawks, McGill, all the ones, the original ones, they yeah. were all warped. We sent them back as they were all ruined anyway. <laughs> so, so, yeah, let's talk time. That's where we got Ken, and that's where the next phase for Lib and really Gnu came from. So, hat off to Ken for pushing yeah. Salty Peaks and Riders. Jake Kelly was pretty fucking huge. Yeah, because yeah. Windline Sports ran distribution for. And just, yeah navigating where things went at that I mean regardless of who it was of, of you know well then you uh, interviewed Carter Turk I did so Jeff and I went to Vancouver to uh, Black Home for the filming of the Good New Meal where he blew his Ankle out. Yeah, yeah, that double, double backflip. Back double backflip. So we were sitting on the. No way. The two of us sitting right there. You, you guys know who he is. Like a oh, lot of listeners yeah. didn't know. Who I don't he know was. if I've ever seen a more a, a, a more terrible fucking ankle break in my life. <laughs> Did we know Carter? We barely got him off. <laughs> Holy shit! We barely got him off the hill, <laughs> and then like four days later, we go down to to see him to make sure he's all right his yeah. ankle is like this <laughs> but you know, he's in a robe he's trying to walk down the stairs he slips and falls down the stairs and hits his ankle no. again no. Yeah. Yes. true story oh my god yeah. i think we were with hermer then too another god rest his soul uh, yeah. ken hermer you heard of his name i think photographer passed away yeah quite a while ago I mean, videos yeah. were just coming out so, yeah. and I, 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 Already, you know, this is this is deep. This, this is deep. Yeah, yeah this, this is epic. This is some, some right here. This is some tallest wave comes out. Some shit that, right? Yeah. So that's another push. Tallest wave in Utah yep. that like things were blowing up. Andy Brewer, fucking Drew Hicken, Jeff Davis, Coleman was there. No, I, Coleman. I didn't get into who, that one. Who, who was? I watched you guys. Who was the guy that, that ended up bone. directing that? Mick Worthen. Mick Worthen. Mm -hmm. Also, a production <laughs> guy for... Uh, who's, who's the Brady Bunch dude? Friday the 13th. No, uh, Brady Bunch no, did uh, Halloween. Uh, so the guy who filmed Tallest Waves and Shredding Vacation from Hell. Have you heard of that? Mike Lookinland. You don't know Shredding Mike Vacation from no. Hell? Oh, I gotta look it up. Wow. It's Mick Worthen. Wow. Mike Worthen. Mike Lookinland yeah. is Brady. Uh, Mike Lookinland is Bobby Brady. Bobby Brady. Is Mike, is but Bobby he was Brady. part of it. But Mike... But Bobby Brady was the Worthen, money behind Worthen yes, actually yes, filmed yes. and worked on the film sets <laughs> yes. for Halloween. The original Halloweens can yes. also were filmed here in Utah. And, 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 and there was another guy. Full fifth, 16 millimeter. They got yeah. 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 So production. So Tallest Waves was one of the first videos from the Wasatch. Tim Strong, Andy Brewer, no here. Tallest waves. No, I'm just looking. I mean, you can find it, it is, about it is, 
shredding vacation from hell on the internet. Was shredding vacation from hell like the follow up to Tallest Waves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who, but it's got pretty. It's been pretty famous. Like it's like the it's a uh, cult classic. Cult. It's a right. cult classic. Right. It's a it's a, with a whole plot. Like oh, it's not like just a snowboard. No, film. it's a real plot. My ex, <laughs> the partner Dennis. It's a guy, I, oh, it's too long to go oh, through. It's, it's complicated. Go through it's this whole process of going, getting captured by, like, German people, or no, what were we, the, the Hung Hungarians. Hungarians, no. Hungarians. Oh, my God. The Bulgarians. The Bulgarians. It was the Bulgarians. I was on the Bulgarian ski team. Yeah, Bulgarians. The, but in Shredding Vacation from Hell is probably the first 720. Oh, Andy shit. Brewer on a winter stick. With strap-on bindings, and he and he actually goes through the the seven twenty goes go, oh and and both and pokes it. Yeah, you'll have to get it. You'll have to bring a copy of that. I gotta check it out. Seven like one of the the probably the first seven twenty on film. Is in Shredding Vacation from Hell. I would that could be debatable. Well, probably one of the most badass. What what year would it be? It would have been like 90, 89. The droid had 87. 89. 89. Well, that's the published date. So it's like 88. This is Tony. What year is Bert and Chill? Because before that. Way before that. We were making movies. And it was like. Yeah. Hot chicks and ski dudes, right? Yeah, of course. Right. right. In hot well, tops. Well, that's like <laughs> tops fall <laughs> off. Oh, this is the whole movie. This is the whole movie right here. The hot so oh. I'm going to jump ahead because City TV team put a video together. Adam Yacht. Snowboarding in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, yeah, we right? talked about Everybody it. knows yeah. about that, right? More than Odin right? Ron. It was so Adam that. walks into Salt Peaks. Some kids are like, dude, that's MCA. That's a Rodman. Right, that's a Rodman. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're like, don't know who it is. We set him up with this first snowboard setup. I'm sitting there next to Rich at the cash register. And he drops down the Beastie Boys Incorporated Gold. And before he said that, I looked at Hetzel and I was like, oh, I guess Adam and Beastie Boys is in town. Right. And, and Hetzel's with his buddy, Adam. And then they <laughs> dropped down, seriously, they dropped down, he drops down the card and I was looking at it. I was like, Beastie Boys Incorporated I was like, I was like Gold. Uh, card. Oh my God. And we were like, okay. no, original black American Express black card. Whatever, it's gold. They brought it, it, gold, brought it up to me, and because Rich was like, looked at it, it was like, it actually said the BC boys on it, not someone's yeah. name. Right, right. Because we're like, credit card, it's uh, not like you'd like swipe and go. No. Right? It's like a machine, you like swipe it, you <laughs> sign it, you look on. at their driver's right. license, you take it in the back, like three days later, it goes through some kind of a machine, and you get the deposit into your right yeah it's so credit cards were like a big deal it's what board did he buy what was what was, I don't know. He was buying dale boot fucking liners dale, dale boot, boot liners. liners yeah dale boot liners yeah. and after yeah. and that yeah. bullshit we're buying that. dale boot liners and after we saw the fucking card come down i was like go to the wall because we had shit. a wall signature wall of salty that had all the heavies on it 
MCA's on there. Still is. I was in there after I got kicked out a long time ago. Still there. Rip. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Well, that was, that was. So anyway, that was a good time. I want. You know what? I want to ask Jeff. What if you remember? You remember what your run was that you beat Craig with? Like, did you have a a set run that you were working on that year? Ooh. Uh, uh, I know it was the Crippler. The for Vision, sure. Vision Pro right. and the Snow. For sure. As the Vision Pro and Snow, exactly. Um, it was the Crippler. And I got DQ'd for Just not putting your hand down. For not putting my hand in the correct spot from what they said. And uh, Dave Alden's dad, we just were talking about this the other night. Uh, Paul Alden paid for the protest fee. Whoa. I won the protest yes. and ended up winning the contest. That's so unbelievable. It was it was it was because somebody was uh, not wanting me to win. So yeah. Yeah, there was some there was some kookiness with the judging around that time, right? I remember Palmer and and Jeff Brushy switched kits. That was in Japan. Yeah, so that Palmer, was in Japan. So Palmer and that was the Brushy's same. Kit. They were doing it to protest the same guy. Exactly. Uh, Ted Martin. Ted, Ted Martin. Martin. That's Ted the Martin. Martin. <laughs> we were, they were, they were, they He's the one that went off us at uh, uh, Purgatory. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Ted. He's the one that Ted's out. still around, by the way. He is. Yeah. He talked with Mike Ranquit on on uh, Ranquit was. He was only doing his job. I think Rich was probably there, yeah. but I know I was absolutely there yeah. at that contest, and the American ugliness came out. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was they offered us free alcohol. We were nineteen years old, and yes, that's what we do. <laughs> um, we get drunk and we get hammered and we have a good time. I just remember. Just what you were saying with Rich, that person right there. Yeah. <laughs> just a moment. Oh my yes. God! <laughs> I'm watching him, remembering him doing debauchery. <laughs> oh God! Young, we were so young, so good. And they so sh- Fulton got they, kicked out. They, for whatever yeah. reason, he either got caught. Or he just got it was him. Centered. It was him. He, he got centered out. It was, he, it was it was Rich. <laughs> Jeff got it was Rich. For it. Yeah, and, got is it. that real? And no. Fulton got no. blamed no. for it. <laughs> That's great. We're all slightly guilty of you know like just total mayhem. So 
It was rich. But that was bad <laughs> shit. Was that's, hard to get, that's hard to get in trouble with. No, it was rich. Know? Right. I remember, I remember looking over, over at Davis and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, and we'll just leave it. How old are we? Dude, no one knows so the weird. fucking story. It's all good. We're so young. <laughs> it was just. I mean, it was, well, I mean, you can murder someone in seven years later. Yeah, there was no murder. There may have been a murder of a snowboard that was propped on a stand or something. Hey, I didn't say anything. I did not say it. I did not say anything. But I, I, I know things. I think that was the end for Fulton's judging career, too. I think he just, he's like, I, yes. I don't need to do this and Jeff anymore. Fulton is... Because is, everybody was, was aggressive towards the judging. They just were. That was just the way it was. And Jeff was trying to be as fair as he could, but everyone knew he was Craig's friend. So he was actually being unfair to Craig to prove to everyone else that he was being fair. And like, so... He, he he never won. Like he didn't win. You know no, what I mean? I, I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. I mean, you you that that absolutely. Because what Fulton happened, was in a yeah. tough spot. Fulton was in a tough. Fulton yeah. was in a totally tough spot. Absolutely, he was he was he was uh, uh um, you know, integrated into a, a position that he really didn't want to be into. Right. And, and it was all because of an injury. I think he broke his leg one year and then he just like the ski patrol was judging contests you know wherever you would go like just people would come out and they'd get whoever to judge yeah. and so he was in that first generation of people that there, were like, and, and that's where uh, Greg Johnson came in to somebody had to so delegate authority so and, and, Michael, and figure out what's going Chantry's, on and Chantry fit in this whole thing right, uh, Chantry, Chantry, just, Chantry was just there because of his Sims connections and being in the industry forever, and he did. He judged for quite a while as well. Oh, he? absolutely. I mean, he was. You know, we he still has a pretty good archive of everything. It was. Sure. Oh, oh, he. I hear that a lot. Huge, absolutely. absolutely. He he did a lot of videoing, but it was. I mean, it still is just and it's tough. I mean, just so many. It happened so fast. Everything just started going. Down the pipe, like oh shit, um, I'm, I'm, we got X games, we got Gravity games, we got this, we got that. How do we manage everything? And and I don't know. You had a you had a bit of a unfortunate like a car accident, right? And then that took you out for six months or something. That was yeah. That was for me. That was a tough one. Yeah. I was I was an active snowboarder. Yeah. And. And then I got taken out. That's what kind of put me into judging. So you did some judging as well. Oh yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. In the era after, after Craig or kind of that. that oh, I year. did uh, from probably about ninety-five to I don't know, twenty something. Oh I mean, wow! Yeah, I did a lot of judging. Yeah, a lot of judging for half-pipe competition stuff. Um, everything. Half pipe, uh, uh, slope style, freestyle motocross, yeah. everything, everything, yeah. every contest out there, I was judging. Um, I kind of felt that was my duty to keep everything uh, legit. You know? Right. Like you gotta, you know, we're we're moving ahead so fast. 
need need snowboarders who've been there to, to actually, you know, and that's what they do now for announcers, Todd and Greg yep, McMorris. Yep, 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 yep. Tina Dixon. Yeah. Yeah, Tina's Kevin. been around for it. Oh, Tina. absolutely. I mean, Tina's Kevin, Tina Kevin Delaney had a little spin stint in there as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, yeah. They. Well, Todd, what's his name for Todd's, the Good Todd's New Meal? Uh, did the Olympics? I was calling your name out at the actual O uh, two Olympics here. The super tall guy. Oh, Chris uh, Carroll. Chris Carroll. Oh, Chris Carroll. No, Chris Jamison. Chris, Chris Jamison. Yeah. Yeah. Jamison. Yeah. Yeah. Jamison. Yeah. Yes, Jamison. So Jamison was at the uh, Carter Turk broken ankle GNU meal debauchery. Yeah, and then I think he was the commentator for the O2 half pipe. No way, that's uh, Olympics here because someone did a crippler, right? And I remember him like calling out, saying something, hometown Jeff Davis. Here's and here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing. First generation right here. I've got two boys, 17 and 20. They watched all the contests. What gets called out? Crippler. And when they were really young, I was like, Davis, that guy. And Davis was fucking good enough to ride with the boys when they were young and help them out. And to have that other generation, my, my boys' generation grew up with Drew... Noel, Jeff's talent, and to be able to be like, hear Crippler and know where that comes from because everyone does is fucking special. Yeah, that's and good. amazing. Yeah, and Jeff, I appreciate that. My boys love it. That's I appreciate your boys because I love riding with them. And Absolutely. Fucking uh, hey, man. Except they're too fast. They're oh, my fucking good. You should see this kid's thing. Reese's boys can... They're faster in a pool than they are on the snowboard, so that's the crazy they thing, They know right? Crippler and where it comes from. And that's what it needs to be. I mean, there's a history. Well, we talked about this earlier today, Correct. which is really cool. That he was saying, you know, we acknowledge all the golf people. We acknowledge all the surf, you know. I mean, every other athlete has pretty much been acknowledged and and they're revered and they're, they're, you know, they're taken care of. They're, you know, they're, but snowboarding is the one little aspect that I've noticed that who you don't? Who do you remember? I mean, literally, if you go back and you look, you know, it's not like you know mm-hmm. um, every snowboarder. You don't know. You go into skateboarding, you know the skateboarders. You know Amar Hassan. You you know all the, Tony Hawk. You know all these guys, but you don't know them in snowboarding. It's really weird. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to pump my name up and and be. I don't give a shit. I I did a little. Teeny fucking slice, a little slice, and then I'm happy for it. You know, but we're, we're still relatively new. But I have a lot of friends the 80s. that have, you know, got a, I got a fucking kick-ass group of a crew of friends that have solidified what I can look back on the rest of my life. You know, well, I think the I think the curious thing, and and the more positive thing too about it is that they're starting to do it right, right. like. But why did it take so long? That's sort of weird to me. But there's this renaissance in like shapes right now, 
and celebrating there is, people right? That, right? that, you know, like, it, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing with Benny and Nitro grew into something where they right. did an acknowledgement because you're not talking about different people. Right. That's still the same guys that own that company from when you were there. Like, right. and they're on it. They're like, yeah, we got to give him boards, right? Like, right. of course. You and have. Don't, well, don't, I, don't forget, you got like Drew Hicken here has the bow tie. 196 swallowtail signature model. I mean, you get you, there's, there's or or you look at Brett Coburn, yeah, Cowboy. Do you know Cowboy? Ford builds, unfortunately. Not, no, not Cowboy. So builds. Cowboy, right? 1990s Cowboys cutting snowboards in half. Yeah, it starts as fun. And we start like building movie. shit, and we're like building, we're cutting boards, and we're like the stuff. And, and to clarify that, Cowboy. Ended up working with Volet, which made the first split apart board. Split boards, yeah. But was coming into Salty Peaks, and we were grinding parts and pieces to right. make them. To fabricate. Them. We, I think we've been writing split boards. Like, Since split boards were the, uh, the and thing. Then, then the whole thing fell out. Like, then the whole thing fell out of fashion altogether. It was nothing. Right. And now and I walk in there and I look at boards for like probably tonight or whatever at twelve hundred dollars. You got to be shitting me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were we were fabric with cowboy. We were fabricating the first splitboards. Right. Okay. So I'd already heard a similar claim about the origin of the splitboard from Mark Fawcett and Shane at Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C. They said John Buffery invented the splitboard. Buff, who some of you listeners will know as the snow science guy in Travis Rice's depth perception, is an avalanche forecaster for British Columbia. I texted him about the splitboard claim, and he sent me pictures from the spring of 92, which coincidentally is the same time Cowboy and the Salty crew put together their first split. Cowboy is a snow science guy and an avalanche forecaster in Utah. I saw his splitboard and sent John some pictures. Definitely these two independently cut boards without knowing what the other was doing. This coincidence was just too cool. So I called the two of them up together today, and this is audio of the first time these two inventors of the split board have met on the phone or anywhere. It's pretty cool. Just saying to Eric there, it totally makes sense that here we are walking around the backcountry and thinking, I'm not going to carry a board on my back. It's, it's too heavy. I got yeah, so much yeah. shit to carry. At the time, I, I mean, I grew up as a skier. I was so enthralled with the flotation of the snowboard, you know, and yeah. and the skis at the time were horrible. Oh, they were god-awful. Skinny, Plain skinny, skinny, long, stiff things, yeah. Boots were freaking horrible also, you know, and holy crap, you know, I just didn't want anything to do with those things after, <laughs> after floating on the snowboard, you know, so I'm sure like you, just thinking about it and going, yeah, how can I get up the hill on this thing? Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, have hey, a good season for- there, cowboy. Hey, you too. It's good to meet you over the phone, and uh, you do the same up there. Yeah. Right? Like, you weren't copying some splitboard. No, no. We were fabricating the very first splitboards. And then right? clipping them back together right? trying to figure I kinda, out. I kind of, I mean, I was I thinking about that because I've been talking with, a, with I just barely uh, bought a Arbor. Yeah. All the boards the last 20 years I've ever ridden have been cut in half. <laughs> yeah. The board well, I'm retiring well, right well, now we, is we used, a board that Noah and I cut in half, and it's an atomic. You guys were using that. Oh, wow. Uh, binding pieces to you got to put a disc inside the puck yeah you put a disc inside the puck then you can change the angles any way you want that's perfect so we figured that out right 
Yeah. yeah. So every split board today has a disc inside the little square puck. Yeah. And you split it, right? And we put the little saws together. You could put it in there. You could sew that. And we finished a half a bottle of Jack Daniels that night. <laughs> right? But every split board today has a puck with a disc inside the middle of it. Right. No, it and that goes back to Volley. Yep. Sometime in the 90s, and I was way too drunk, and I had to argue with Bob, Athey, and Cowboy. And those guys are too <laughs> hard guys to fucking argue with. <laughs> Wally would let us go in there after closing, and we could bake anything we want. And we would sit there with the metal grinders, and I kept trying to get Cowboy, because I'm not very good at like making plastic things, but like they could make the plastic things, right? And that's what we and, did, right? And that's a, that's the a side puck note. today that's on every fucking split board yeah. started the from a drunk whiskey night. The split boarding, fucking split boarding started in the Wasatch. Right, straight up right. drunk whiskey night. That is a drunk whiskey night. But seriously, how big has split boarding gotten? It's it started yeah. in the fucking oh, it's Wasatch. Fucking huge. Well, snowboarding started in the Wasatch. Right. Like undeniably. Dimitri. Yeah. With Dimitri. There's mm. it's it's undisputed. I was right. I was Jake think, knows it. I was I was, I was right. thirteen. It started, but those guys were riding the hills back with the snurfers back. Well, Alta, back Jake, Jake was a Jake was a snurfing. It's a different thing. Now what is it? Technically, people are looking into those as different. It's not footage of that stuff. It's 100% different. Because even, I think even the early uh, Burton boards that were more like water skis, I don't think those count as snowboarding. Like snowboarding is, a. it's, it's you gotta have a side cut, you gotta have a scoop, you gotta have a board, like you have to have a board and bindings. Dimitri had a board and bindings. Right. He was making surfing turns on snow. Well, I moved, and like, there's some footage over There's footage there. of him in, what, 70? 71. I found out today how they made the bumps. Because me and Scott surfaced, Scott surfaced oh, oh my God. bumps. He thought that they were pre-cured bumps no. that were put on. They were just like little chunks of enamel. Cup. It was like, you, I, and I thought, or you, whatever. you put a lot of epoxy on, and then you turn it upside down and let the drips drip. They crushed up glass. Right and oh. put it on the top, but the Damn. ones oh yeah the, the ones nipples, up there said the nipples yeah and he still has the mold at uh, his engineering place Jordan right has them at radius at radius, radius yeah right hang out coffee with oh, radius I'll, yeah. I'll guarantee yeah. it that's old I'll guarantee right that in yeah. the aluminum mold all those little nipples are there that's yeah. incredible Jorgen has a fucking mold Mueller a broken one well he has a fucking mold but originally when I I had coffee with Dimitri last year. When I talked to Dimitri, it's in that it's in that building. It's yeah. that's incredible. Pop so you had B boys in Salt Lake City. You had B boys yeah. and winter stickers, and I was an original B boy. Seventy nine. All you could get was the the back hill or the backyard. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was your choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powder magazine. You order it. Patterson's. You got the back hill or the backyard. Right. Yeah. And was, so you had B boys or winter stickers. Yeah. And beep on on Flagstaff Mountain when you post hold up, you had a winter sticker trail and you had a B boy. Come on, you it was uncool <laughs> to use another group's trail, and so you would have multiple post holes up Flagstaff that because if so you followed somebody that. else's trail, you, you would get ask? totally vibed out. You would get so vibed out. Like, 
No, and and there's like forty of us, right? There's like forty. That's a lot. That's a healthy group. Of right. That's a healthy group of people. There's like forty of us, but like following somebody else's line wasn't cool. But we didn't know that it was okay to follow somebody else's line. Yeah. Because we were just like post holing, like no nobody was there. There was no one in 1980 post holing. Well, well I was back. just gonna say what happened was there was a connection between. Sherman Poppin and Jake because Jake went to Sherman's Muskegon, uh, Michigan contest. Yep. And so there's that direct connection. So the story evolved. Okay, here it goes. My history of snowboarding. <laughs> Based on the people I've talked to and what I've learned, it's completely just a theory. But this is what I really think. Based on Chuck Barfoot starting this idea in my head, essentially when there was not that much going on in snowboarding in the early 80s, there was no reason to look back and say who invented snowboarding because snowboarding wasn't a thing yet. But almost immediately after getting into snowboarding in 1979, a couple of years after Jake Burton, Tom Sims just starts claiming that he invented snowboarding. So I think he says something along the lines of like, yeah, I invented it in 1975, which forces Jake to actually set the record straight. So Jake says, no, 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 71, Dmitry Milovich is fully snowboarding with bindings. And in 69, Sherman Poppin invents the snurfer, which eventually Jake would have and modify and make a bigger version, which would eventually become the snowboard. So the real inventor would be probably Sherman Poppin plus Dmitry Milovich on another level, right? So... Tom Sims doesn't agree with this history and just changes his date again and says, oh, actually, I forgot. When I was in grade seven in 1963 in Woodshop, I invented a snowboard. And he goes to his garage and miraculously pulls this thing out. Now, Chuck Barfoot looks at the board and goes, that shit is not from 1963, Tom. And you know it because Chuck had invented out of necessity these bungee cord straps so that someone could ride a board who was goofy or regular. You could just slide your foot under the bungee cord strap. And Tom's 1963 board has surprisingly similar bungee cord straps, which weren't on any of his later boards, and Chucky invented that. So it's still debated, and if you look up the history of snowboarding, who invented it, you're going to see that Tom story. Like... He put some effort into making the story legit. There's like some people in his hometown in New Jersey that basically say, you know, you can see the blueprints at his old high school. There's a, a friend of his who also rode the board who corroborated his story. And then there's the, this mysterious story he tells of photographers like saw these two 13-year-old kids riding this piece of wood and asked if it was cool to take photos. And then, according to Tom, supposedly they took these photos from New Jersey over to Michigan and showed them to Sherman, and that's how he got the idea for the <laughs> snurfer. I, it's a ridiculous story to me personally. Some of you might be insulted by me saying this. You know what? We're going to have to dig into it deeper in another episode. But what we do know happens is Jake's story about Sherman 
and the snurfer becoming the snowboard becomes another parallel invention story to Tom Sims's. And the Dimitri part of it just is a remainder that's kind of messy, so they just omit it. It's not a part of it. And so that's the first time that Utah gets like a full-on shaft about the history of snowboarding. And then another thing that's just like erased from the collective memory for some reason is that Alta, which still to this day does not allow snowboarding, that's what the, the most bizarre thing of this story is, Alta allowed snowboarding from 1979 through to 1981. So for three seasons, you could ride up the lift on these little plastic K-tail skis and then put the skis in your backpack, take the your snowboard up under your arm, put your snowboard on, ride the run on your snowboard, and then take it off at the bottom, put on the skis. For three years, these guys got to ride lifts in 79 80 and 81. Now, that is well before any other resort opens to snowboarding. If you are from Europe and you're like, wait, no, we were riding earlier than that, please get in touch with me. Let me know. Or anyone from anywhere in the world that was riding a lift earlier than 79. Come on, seriously. It just didn't happen. So somehow that got omitted from the record too. And these guys were there. These guys got to do this. And if they weren't on the lifts, they were in the very next generation, which were hiking at Flagstaff Mountain, as you'll hear. And there's a, a solid scene of like 40 people in Utah that are basically, you know, the Dogtown years of skateboarding happened in the early 80s in Utah. And the Zephyr team is the is the salty eight. It's like these guys become super pros and somebody's got to make this movie please just make the movie okay back to the show there's a, a timeline where you can put the board side by side where jake basically makes a snurfer burden you know like the bb1 looks right. like a snurfer it's got a rope nose yeah. like hey, it's got the rubber binding i got i've got one in the back of my car right now the bb1 the bb1 yeah it's the burden board one it's from their first year but I should show you that was kind of just an accident that that, that went that way. There. Because if you were it. to ask Jake Burton Carpenter who invented snowboarding, he would say, "Well, Sher- Sherman invented snurfing, and then Dimitri invented snowboarding." I love it because you're holding. Oh yeah, that's 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 Sims. Yeah, that's the that's the snurfer. Oh, well, Lonnie just, Talk I mean, with the Alba deck, and then that winter stick. That's a legitimate winter stick. But that's right. new with those big yeah. swallowtail first gens. Well, that's that winter stick right there. Those bindings, like the first winter stick, and I have two in my basement. I have a blue and a yellow. You know how much those are worth. Huh? I have a blue swallowtail with the original all uh, <laughs> cotton straps. Because after that, they had the nylon one for the clip. Unbelievable. With a powder stick, and I have a yellow round tail. You have two of them. See, I want to be, I you got kids here. to put through college because that helped them through college. I got a lot more. I don't have a lot of the other stuff, but I have like the early 90s stuff yeah. that will become more popular. Like sure. I have a brand new GNU concept, which could be An original one of GNU concept. Progressive boards before Davis board and that. Yeah. Brand new, never written. Oh, wow. Yeah, the new concept. It's like 
It's twin-ish. Yeah, black. It was the first real the, true twin kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, fluorescent green. Well, Neil DeFern made a twin tip in like 85. Well, that's, that's where I thought and Neil, Neil passed away in the powder room. That's right. I was in the helicopter. He was in the helicopter. Okay, trigger warning here. I'm going to talk about a helicopter crash for a second because it's relevant to this story. If you're not down to hear that, just skip ahead a couple of minutes. I'm talking to you, Ken. Okay, I'm just going to go into a bit of details about this helicopter crash because a lot of you will have heard about it if you were into snowboarding back when I was. And some of you new listeners will have absolutely no idea what we're talking about here. But on April 17th, 1990, a helicopter crashed at the Powder 8 World Championships and killed Donnie LeBlanc, Neil DeFern, and Patty Patron. Five others were seriously hurt. According to Mike Wigley, who hosted the event, the Bell 212 took off with 14 passengers aboard, including competitors and Wigley's wife and daughter. It gained altitude and then lost power and was forced to land, but then it swung off to the side and the rotor hit the snow and threw the helicopter around. The helicopter caught fire, and then complete mayhem broke out. Wigley, who helped pull passengers out of the burning helicopter, was hospitalized overnight with burns, as was his wife, Bonnie. And as some of you know, Don Schwartz was also badly burned in that fire. And so was Drew, actually. So surviving competitor Drew Hicken, who we're talking to in this episode, commented, the helicopter was upside down when we were trapped, hanging by seatbelts that wouldn't open when weight-bearing. Some of us were able to unweight our seatbelts and get free and help others unbelt. The fuselage had twisted and nothing would open. The doors wouldn't open and the windows were too thick to kick out. Fortunately, there was a 20-centimeter space between the ceiling and the pilot's cabin that some of us were able to squeeze under and escape out the pilot's door. All this happened when the helicopter was burning. Unfortunately, not all of us escaped before the helicopter completely engulfed in flames. Now, I've talked with Drew afterwards on this event, and yes, of course, he suffered some crazy trauma. Like, it sucks to be involved in an event like this. He he sent me one picture of it, and it is just it's just crazy. He's running towards the camera. Ken Ockenbach's crawling on his hands and knees under the rotor blade that's on the snow upside down. It's like, and Evan Fien is just like smashing the window, like pulling someone out of the, out of, like the thing is on fire. It's, it's nuts. It's just absolutely nuts to see it. Really affected me to see it. it, And now talking about it, it's like, I'll never be able to unsee that image. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be there. So, yeah, that's what Drew's talking about kind of quietly here. We don't really get into it, but uh, yeah. You were on that trip? I was in the helicopter with Neil Daffer. Oh my God, God dude. What, that, yeah, that's, you have like PTSD from that? Like, yeah, yeah. Holy well, geez. I'll have to say, I went and flew with him in Alaska a couple of years later. Yeah, yeah. Good. Getting in the helicopter with him. Yeah. Because it won't go down twice. Yeah. It's All the guys like to fly with me after that. Yeah. 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 And Don Schwartz put, put his whole. Well, there's three people Neil, uh, Patty Patron, who's evidently pregnant, and uh, Danny LeBlanc. Yeah. Passed away. Yeah. And that was. That was Schwartz crazy. got 
pretty burnt, obviously. Yeah. And actually had the ball to go back and actually work for. Totally. Uh, yeah. Wiggly. Yeah. I went back while he was working and flew with him. Oh my God. And went yeah, to the orientation awesome. with him. And he's all like, hey, we got these plastic windows that you can punch out. Hey, Drew, those are a pretty good idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have ladders because the whole fuselage was on the side. Yeah. And he's like, we have these ladders in case you have to escape. Drew, those are a pretty good idea, right? So, uh, well, a few other hey. shout outs. I mean, uh, Evan Fien saved my life. Evan Fien. So, and a few other people's. Yeah. He's one of the few that, and I got pictures. He reacted. He got He's standing out. right there at yeah. where the fuselage was, reaching in, yelling, and grabbing people and pulling him out of the black smoke. You were people, my mind people right were like running away because they thought obviously it was going to fucking blow up. Yeah, yeah. Evan Fiend. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever run into him, I'd like to hear I've been tracking him, trying to track him down for like three years, five years or something. Okay, after doing this episode, I tracked Evan Fiend down. I've been looking for him for years, and when I went back to the first place I started, I actually got his number from his son, who I'm friends with in social media. He just sent me his number. I texted him. He was like who the hell is this? I was like, you want to do an interview? And he's like, no, not really. So I, while I was putting this episode together, I texted him again and I just said, hey, look, you you get mentioned as a hero in this story and do you want to do a quick on tape thing? And he wrote back almost right away. And this is a quote from Evan Fien. To you and my friends, hello. I'm living simply, peacefully, with intent in an ancient forest. And then he sent a quick video of a tree that I think is where he's living, just kind of blowing in the wind. Yeah, I talked to Mouse. I called Jamie Mossberg because Evan and Jamie worked on a bunch of films together. And a good buddy of mine was what we were called the walkaways because we didn't get burned, but Mark Rickers, uh, who I communicate with a lot, and Andrew Worm. Yeah. Well, so that was a that was a pivotal moment in snowboard history. Huge, it's a huge deal. It's a yeah, deal. you know it's funny because I think of it now like if it happened because the social media would have been like an explosion. But like I came back and for days, industry people and hadn't they, even heard about they it. They didn't know. So yeah, like, the news came in from Canada. Yeah, yeah, something happened. This, that, and the other. Like I was making phone calls to my parents later. They didn't even know about it for four or five days because I didn't even want to tell them. Right, right, right. Now, now it would be. I didn't know. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I can't. I can't even imagine. But there hasn't been anything like that since. That was almost thirty years ago. Okay. Or more. No. It's spring. We're chatting. Will be thirty. Thirty. Twenty-nine years. Fifty. Ninety. Yeah. April and ninety. Holy jeez, man. Interesting story. I wish I could say. Twenty-one or something. Yeah. Probably 52 next January. Yep, probably 30. So yeah, Neil Neil was building twin tip boards, maybe 84 or 85, for Team Extreme, and they had barfoot bases on them. That's what that barfoot twin tip. Like even though the twin tip that came out in production wasn't twin tipped, there's some out there that had that. I same. have a Team Extreme sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, do you? In one of my archives. Oh, that's epic. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's a crazy thing. And who was that? Uh, who was a, kind of a part of that? The uh, 
You know what I just, uh, I don't even, I don't know that, uh, was it Ken Ockenbach in those well, Ken was on the, on the helicopter as well. Yeah, was it was yeah Ken was there. Yeah, it's Rock. One of them was on the crash. Thank you for doing this. Stop. But no, but one of the two were yeah. on the actual helicopter. Yeah. Because he got burnt as well. Wow. That's just so gnarly. And I think it was. Yeah, I haven't ever talked have to anyone that was on it. Dave Ockenbach is his brother. Yeah. Ken and Dave. Dave was on they the cover take, of the first. The, one of the photographers. Trans- that, trans- there's like three photographers because we were there for the first. How to How to rate contest, which is being like redone this year, I think. They're doing powder rates again up there. Yeah. So they were. Yeah. We had just all done the run, ate lunch. Yeah. And that's when the craft took off. Yeah. So there's like four photographers that have a hundred, you know, shots each. Of that. Oh, not the going down, but outside on fire, people running away. It melting in it basically melted out of sight. I think I've only seen one shot of it and it was it was wreckage but like days later. I've only, no, seen, I got I've only seen one and it was with fire. If oh, you want to wow. I have a whole stack of them if you oh really God. want to see them. I don't know how Matter of fact, uh, we got buzzed the other night when Megan and Jeff came over to my house for Thanksgiving and I pulled them out, which only a handful of people I've ever shown. Yeah. Yeah, of course. They all came. Uh, these uh, are all from the lawsuit. So right. that's the only reason I have. Right. And they're just photocopies of the actual pictures. Oh, so those pictures would have had to have been submitted to court for the lawsuit. Oh, like right when it started on fire. That's why I say, like, you can see Evan Fiend. Yeah. One of the few people just reaching into the fuselage. Saving right. people. Yelling. That's Certainly. so intense, man. Yeah. I don't even know if I've ever spoke to him since, which I would like to. Well, if I get in touch with him, I'll yeah, that would be rad. In touch with I'll you. give you my information. Yeah, for sure, that would be sick. Yeah, because Evan, Evan went on to he was a really good pro snowboarder in Canada. Like I saw some movies with him in it, um, on his barefoot stuff. But he became more and more reclusive over the years, and just then, like even his friends don't know where he is. There's a couple of them. Yeah. Well, it was, it was because her husband, yeah, uh, boyfriend at the time. It was because the industry did not care. I mean, it's hard to say it betray. It, 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 no, no, no. They just didn't. They didn't understand that the move. The movement, you know. I mean, just just these people were were very talented and. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, I can. I just, yeah. Evan Fien was huge. I mean, so part of that team extreme was it Matthews, who was. Uh, I don't know. Matt, uh, not Dave. It was Tall Dave Matthews. Um, with with uh, he he was with, there. Uh, Dave That's what I thought too. I thought Dave Matthews. Remember? It's Dave Matthews. That's the senior. Three. Huh? That's the senior Dave. I know, but this guy's. <laughs> what board is that that I'm looking at right there, with the car on the bottom? <laughs> That's my signature model. Sick. With with what uh, what brand is that? Nitro. 
Have you Last not seen it? Nitro? One. Pull one, one up. We got one down. Yeah, bring it up. This is the original Get twin it. tip Something with a deeper heel side cut than toe side. So you pick a tip or tail based upon the heel side. Right, right. Huh? The Sarah, the original Sarah. Yeah, so he's like in a the, picture I have, and that's who gave me the Team Extreme sweatshirt that he's talking about. That's why I was thinking of that. What, what was the guy's name? His last name's Matthews, I know for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm sure he's a Canuck as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those Team Extreme guys. There was a weird connection between Santa Barbara and... Fucking Ken. <laughs> it was Ken. Ken would drive down there and surf, buy boards from Chuck, or get boards on credit drive him back to his shop in Calgary and it, it, it was crazy Canada had a shop in like 82 he opened the, sn- the snowboard shop in Edmonton in his garage or something in 1982 hmm. it's like a bizarre yeah. it's so early to That's have a snowboard right. shop and early then, to have a shop early that shit was going on back then yeah, everywhere. Well, they had their glory too, and they had everything everywhere. You know, I mean, the contest well, they scene. Were like the contest well scene was was the thing that was getting everything rolling. Yeah, eighty five worlds, you know, fucking soda springs. Soda springs. Then eighty six worlds in Breckenridge, which out of the group, I was the only one that was there. You went to that TDK. Rich got third place in the that. boys division. Oh yeah, that 86 was eighty six boys. It was Rob Morrow, Tucker France, and I took third. Oh, nice. Oh, that was 86. That was before you guys were there. Didn't you take third in the Snowbird Bank Slalom this year? And this year at the Snowbird Bank Slalom. Yeah, third is like Richie's favorite place. Where was the 86? Third is Rich's favorite place. 86 was in Brooklyn. So 87 as well. In 87, that's when Jeff and Drew and the other crew. We finally showed up. I drove my dad's motor home. We finally showed up. Where was 87? 87 was at Breck as well. That's right. 86 is when I met Tina Bassage, who obviously did her thing with Sims before and Camper. Camper, yeah. And then 87, my other friends from Salt Lake finally came. When was the one that Ken had up in uh, Lake Louise? Up at Banff? Oh, God. That was the one. 87, 87. Uh, uh, not a... U.S. Yeah. Open. He had a Worlds. He, he no, just threw a Worlds. Like, he made the, up the Worlds. Uh, the only Worlds I knew was freaking TDK Worlds and Breck. And Soda Springs. Soda Springs 85. Well, right? yeah. And then we went back in 88, right? Was Breckenridge 87. Was Breck. Right before the shop. 88 was TDK. Spring 87. Swatch. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... A, I so have all the because that's when Gnu actually was out. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Jeff rode the chaos. Yeah. Oh, it was like out a day before that gave. Yeah. And Gene Higgins. Yeah. Oh, wow. Gene Higgins. Um, and let's not forget, Gene Higgins is a Wasatch local who has completely fucking disappeared off the map. Tallest waves. She was, and is. She was. She was in snowboarders in exile. She. She was oh, Gene She was the best. She yeah. was She was she threw she, her body seriously, she was the fucking best. I got her to sign my coat when I was down at Mount Hood in 1990. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I did see her at the plaza probably 10 years ago. Gene was. You did? Yeah. Gene was the I best. I see her sister every now and then. 
We were we were neighbors growing up. Jeannie was the best. Her sister was sweet to me. And she there weren't many disappear. Yeah, there weren't many women in in last time I saw her she was uh you know, but though the difference is, uh, like, the women were treated like other sports, not uh, in snowboarding. The women were, I think, early on, were treated like equals. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, not, uh, they well, always I think it was kind of a progressive sport for the time. Yeah. Because, like, the jeans and the Lori Gibbs and Lori Asperis or whatever mm-hmm. and Carrie and uh, Tina and those girls, like... Prize monies were close, even though they were only five hundred bucks. <laughs> no, when I won, the, when I won the ha- when I won the biggest hair at that purgatory that year, Gene uh, got the highest hair for the women. I won the men's and I won five hundred dollars. They they asked me, um, "Is it fair that we give the women the same amount of money?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." And it was Tara Everhard that ended up winning because Gene. They said did a butt check um, on the big air on the half pipe, and that's why she didn't win the the five hundred dollars. But we it was five hundred dollars for each man and women. Oh wow! But every discipline always included both. Right. There wasn't a different, you know, like there wasn't something that like, oh, only men play this sport. Right, right, right. Like all the all the contests. And yeah. women division. It didn't, yeah. And well represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I reached out to Cersei Wallace just to like confirm what these guys are saying about the inclusion of women. I didn't want to put it in there if they're practicing a kind of revisionist history, but she she said, I don't remember to be honest, but it feels a lot like the early contests were probably close to equal and for sure always a woman or a girl's division. It got a bit imbalanced as the years went on, but I feel like snowboarding, for the most part, has always been pretty good about that. So, yeah, just <laughs> just a quick fact check there. It was the men's, and then the yeah, men's and women's. Was the men's and the girls? I'm just, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it wasn't though. I think it was. But, a, but, but no, you're I'm right, actually you're proud of that. Right? I'm actually exactly. proud of that. I think yeah. the sport it was, was very two inclusive. separate divisions. The women have to. The, the women are going to do their runs. The men are going to do their runs. Whether it be half pipe or or GS or because we always had to go do dual dual uh, sports. We had to do half pipe, freestyle or racing. We had to do you know. Yeah, it's wild. Pretty much, and pretty much any time we went to a contest, we it was all right. We got the race boards. We got the freestyle boards. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was. I was just saying that, like, with the, the inclusion, like, with all this, Me Too movement and that. Yeah. Uh, all divisions and everything with women were involved in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the and money was close, yeah, and yeah. like it wasn't like, well, this, you know, sports too extreme. You're not included. Like, right, man, huh. right, they right. Were always. And remember, we were all misfits. Yeah. So we like, yeah. we we're like, who would be dissing on the girls? Especially like if you're at the party doing, you know, keg runs and you know whatever, and Lori Gibbs they're doing it, you know, better than we can. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna go on the hill the next day, or you can't right, ride that right. slow, whatever. Yeah, the invert thing was always the weird thing for snowboarding, that they came up with this idea that we you couldn't go. That was a ski down. resort thing, I think. Yeah, that was for a long time. Yeah, I think there was an yeah. industry uh, insurance issue. 
that's, that's what that they told us. That, yeah. I think that's what changed. Yeah, yeah. That was that, that was, was a huge thing. That, exactly that you you couldn't do inverted aerials. You right. couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. And the snowboard industry was stuck. Like, well, shit. What do we do? This is you know skateboarding. We're doing you know yeah. I love that they called it the crippler. <laughs> well, I have the I have a it would I, kill I you a, if you fucking missed it. I have the ad that that I wrote for Burton. They said, "Do not attempt this illegal <laughs> maneuver." You know, and it, and it was clearly Mount Hood. Yeah. But they called it Whistler because they just had to cover their ass. They just oh, were no so way. scared. And it was a a, a full an ad that they put in a magazine from Tony. I gotta find that ad. Isn't I have it. I'll find it. Tony. Tony. What's the what? The Crippler. That's how you cover the mic. The crippler oh, the Crippler from... was from Atkins. Yeah. Yeah. When real first hype. Well, it was it. it was like, dude, check this out. This when real and and I and I showed when real it, high grade it came. Was, it was this it was called the Crippler. Well, the Crippler. This yeah, is the true like, fucking story. It was the strength. This is what the true California sense outdoor grown. It was like. No, I was smoking fucking weed. I was smoking fucking weed with a guy in the natural half pipe of, of, Park, of West. Park West. And the, the, the trick that, that everybody had to do if you wanted to be on the fucking stage was the J-Terror air. J-Terror. And I'm like, I'm doing And I go out and I huck one and I don't even put my hands down. And he's like, Dude, that's a crippler. <laughs> is what Tony Apgood said. Right. I think I think actually I think that story's wrong. I think Tony you invented the air. But he had like, dude, I'm glad this one's well, the crippler. Uh, no, it was, <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna name it that. He was, he was smoking. We were, yeah. we, we, was, we were sm- It was a combination of the two. That we were smoking crippler weed. And I was throwing a trick that, like, you're going to get crippled if you don't, you know, because Tony's never going to do that trick. Tony was like a, you know, but he was there. And I was talking this thing. buried with this fucking guy. Yeah, no, this is, this is literally what it was. I mean, literally. His name is Tony Apgur. No, I swear to God, that's how, that's, in my memory, was. That's well, No, I'm, it was, it was, uh. He was the only person that had that weed in the car. About <laughs> oh, for sure. He had <laughs> Mike Jacoby had the J-Terror. Bill Harris, our buddy, was like, dude, you got to have the J-Terror. There was a you fucking have race the right here. So it was a race. Exactly. To do the it was, it was a race, race to do this stuff. I'm managing the Park West half Absolutely. Rich is there, and I'm digging it out every I'm, day for I'm, Craig I'm, Kelly and for... Jacoby and for Jimmy Scott and all those yeah, guys. Okay. Rich yeah. and I are practicing our chairs, building the tombstones. They had and this is be, this is when I'm on the I'm the, I'm on the nitro or the GNU. It was before right. nitro. I'm on the GNU team. It's before I'm on Burton with all those guys. Right, you was just so before was just, you went to Burton. Was, so I'm right. I'm setting gates months, for those guys. Six months later, I'm on the Burton team with all those guys. Right, right. After yeah, exactly. But I am. Literally, you know, c- crafting my own trick. 
Right. Because I see all this going, that's, yeah, exactly. You just hucked, you hucked too much. Oh, well. And fucking was like, well, who were hand just down, talking, and you're like, We were just talking oh about God. this to somebody else the other day that I I was getting disqualified at at the, at a contest for not putting my hand, no, that was at dinner. We were at right. dinner, and Dave Alden's dad, Paul Alden, oh, is, is paying my $20 protest fee because I have been disqualified for not putting my hand down in the correct spot on a it wasn't a, you couldn't do inverted aerials right it, it, you couldn't do inverted aerials so Dave Alden's dad which is the team manager at that time of Burton snowboards I'm on the Burton snowboard team I am at the biggest contest in the world at that time which is uh, the vision pro in the snow where we you and I just had a a race against, you know, on Did small you go to the boards. No, it took an eighth squat. <laughs> you guys raced head to head on 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 race boards. Yeah, and probably in the half pipe too. Yeah, Robert, we're, 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 but anyway, fucking first. You kicked my ass, I think. No, dude, you took first. Fucking oh, in the half pipe. Yeah, but not in that slalom. I think you kicked my ass in the slalom. Oh, Way. He's still faster than you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we fucking love it. I mean, this is like you the coolest thing on earth that you can have friends like this. That yeah. Just we can battle back and forth and know that you. I mean. I love that the. I didn't think you went to the vision. Are we getting so far off? No, not at all. I don't even know where we're at. That's why they edit. It was Squaw, dude. That was like my other I know. Oh, no. That's why it was Chauncey. One of my last ones. That's when I rolled the Subaru on the way home. Oh, damn. Here's the bottom line. I don't know further down. We've done three bottom lines. Here's the fucking thing. It's fucking 2019. December fucking what eighteenth or seventeenth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's twenty twenty. So I got I got my Burton Backhill Christmas. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on, fucking. Here's the bottom line. We <laughs> haven't fucking do. stopped riding since competition days. None of us. Continuous. Full it's speed. my fucking passion. Yeah. It's Davis's yeah. passion. It's Drew's passion. It's Noel's passion. Oh, my my passion. Yeah. My passion has gone to my kids. Seventeen and nineteen. They fucking love it. And right. to be able to bring them into the fray and have them be able to ride with kids. boys. Then they're not they're not pro status or anything. They're not that's a fucking like these days, yeah. A full on thing, but to have them just go, Oh my god. But we can't they rip up. and we're riding with it's a new generation, they enjoy it and love it and have it as a To try and keep up with his it's kids fucking is, amazing. Is Shit, and I had that's a hard the time thing. keeping up with him today. Well, dude, it's just just understand. There's many pros out there that have come and gone. And oh, they yeah. don't they don't ride anymore. Tons. And they had their time, and I think that they if they got back into it, they would remember what it was all about. We're blessed. I'm blessed. We're blessed well, with the Wasatch and be able to fucking we, ride. When we want, I know amazing. that we yeah, that's we, a good we grew run. up with this. It, it didn't it didn't amazing. matter us being pro snowboarders or, or whatever. No, it, we that that had that was a that was a blessing. 
But it's to me, it's always now. going. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ski for the rest of my life. I don't even call it snow. I, I, I'm, I'm skiing for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean that. I, it, it, that's not a. It's a. It doesn't. I'm, I'm thankful that I had what I did, and I had an influence or something, and I, and my friend. But these are always gonna be my friends. That's dope. And, you know. I mean. And, uh, it, and yeah. to have a little tax, we're, uh, we're pushing. We're over fifty. To tax every Sunday. We're forty. We're actually in our fifties. To tax to be able to just like, who's in? Are we are we on? And we're fucking on. Yeah. We're on. We're on. Yes. Every star. The industry, and all those that hyped and all that. Again, I go back. It's a passion, and we are continuous. We are bitter because the industry has not treated us. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking step up for all. I mean, we deserved a little bit more, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. But it is what it is, and we're just still gonna fucking ride our boards. It doesn't matter. It never has mattered. It was great that I got paid, you got paid, we got this, that, and the other, and it went away. It did whatever. But we're still, and and don't we're forget. still riding. Uh, we're the ones that sued Alta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to that. Yes, yes, yes. This is this is Wasatch Equality. That's so sick. I'm not sued yeah, Alta. Uh, epic, so. epic. So. Well, thank you. We can open another chapter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was, you know, like, oh, we're getting, it's funny you want to be here, but there's yeah. another. We snaggled, you know, a bunch of money out of uh, Rick Alden and fucking poke our lawyer bear. buddy. We poked the bear hard. And hey, sure. born and raised in this fucking city, I rode. We all rode Alta. Oh, yeah. 81. Right. Boom. K tail no boots. No no you carried your Burton board in your lap. Yeah. And you rode. Yeah. yeah. We all did that. With the K tail skis. I with the K tail skis. I have a picture on my phone. Today I was just trying to find a picture of that. I think in, I have um, a few. Who's who's the printer up at in marketing at Snowbird? Greg. Brian Brown. Brian Brown. And he, Brian's been around for a long he has time. Brian, under his Brian grew, came him. from Chicago and lived in Rich's basement. Are you serious? Oh, fuck, dude. This is <laughs> <like> <laughs> he was there for 90, that year, right? 94, 92. Here's a picture of Jeff Davis and I in sixth grade. Oh, my God. Look at those BMXs. <laughs> oh, yeah, fucking that guy. Both BMX motherfuckers. <laughs> that's me, and that's him. I want to see. That's awesome. Oh, my God. In front of where... Well, this is like well, a, that's not even a half street. a mile from here, and yeah. I don't live less than that from here as well. Oh my god! Yeah, we've been we've been all around the block here. You remember tonight. that movie Rad? You remember Rad the movie? Yeah, I know. Yeah, movie. Yeah, they filmed it in in Calgary, right? And, and Ken was away or something the week they filmed filmed it, and all of his friends are in that movie, and he didn't get in. He was all pissed. So I did shift, and that was our original. We oh, may wow. have sent those to the shop. You were shift. I remember yeah. selling those exact boards, those ex that exact graphic. Thanks for yeah. Well, that was Ken Kelly and I's brand. Where would we have linked with you in Vegas? Did you were you in Vegas? You had a booth. Yeah. That year, that that yellow bus got thrown out, and that would have been around then. Yeah. 
94, so 95, 96. Yeah, so yeah. our biggest booth would have been, it was an election year because we did the, the booth in an election, red, white, and blue. Yeah, right. And we painted a 27-foot motorhome, red, white, and blue, <laughs> that we left in the parking lot. Oh, my God. Right in front of the convention center. Like and paid like a $75 right? overnight parking fee. Yeah, and yeah. And just left it right yeah. there so that people oh, could party. Oh, that's so and sick. Party. You see that? Um, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that, yeah, those shift boards there. sold mm -hmm. out. We sold them. They sold I mean, early season, they like before the snow even fell. Dude, how fucking crazy was that photo? Because you were like, I had the Instagram. And then we had the uh, two more years I after that before we shit the bed. It was that same fucking huh? picture, dude. I thought I had some pictures of here, some wee stuff that we... I had to dump it all off my phone. Yeah, you run out of, run out of space. A bunch of rock climbing. Ah! Oh, hey, that's Kemper. That that's I'm rich. I'm he glad wore you it came on over. Nostalgic oh, yeah, day, me too, buddy. A couple years ago, he wore his original outfit. That's the Kemper. Yeah. And sun ice pants. Oh god. This is no bullshit. What sun ice? You got, you got yeah. some fucking whiskey history. Whiskey history. Yeah, sun ice. Yeah. Yeah. You got some that's history that. here. Fucking Kemper yeah. Barger right this there. This has been a show, man. You guys are awesome. <laughs> and this is we did pipeline as a crew. Well, that's La last year. That's probably where uh, Danny Hetzel. and Hetzel and Davis yep, my boy. and his that's boy. boy right yeah, there. there's the uh, lawyer year. for that oh, instigated sick. the whole thing against Wasatchewan uh, or against yeah. Alta. Yeah, that's uh, epic. Company. That's an epic crew. <sighs> and there's not, dude. Again, there's. No and somehow I ended up in my garage with a board from Mike Estes. Oh my! Mike Estes, what? Yeah, like a burden. Uh, I have this board in my collection. I just have that fucking. He's, uh, he's your fucking area. Yeah. Estes. What do you call yeah, those? Sure. Uh, that's yeah, a PJ. Bar, but, yeah. I know, but what do you call them? A asymmetrical. Yeah, it's, oh, it's oh, in my garage. Board. All right, I'm gonna wrap it up. You guys, thank you so much for. Yeah, we'll be interested to hear what that. For bringing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to send it to you guys so you can uh, you can approve it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm getting you all our names right now. Thank you. Epid Rad shoutouts this week to everyone who snowboards in Utah. You guys got a great zone up in there. I can't wait to get back. Special thanks to our guests, Jeff Davis, Drew Hicken, Rich Varga, and Noah Walkingshaw. Thanks to Benny Pellegrino for linking me up with Jeff. Thanks to John Buffrey and Cowboy for talking about inventing snowboarding. Thanks to Jeff Fulton and Jason Bazarich for generally being the fucking raddest snowboarders around. Thanks to Dan Savage who wrote the Heli Crash article I read regarding the Weekly's crash. And thanks to Cersei Wallace and Dennis Nazari for their insights into the history of snowboarding. Thank you, Jake Burton Carpenter, Dmitry Milovich, Sherman Poppin, Chuck Barfoot, and Tom Sims for this wonderful obsession. Be sure to come back next week for another episode of the Effenrad Snowboard Podcast presented by Vans and brought to you by SIA Productions.